1: Bruce Barnum, one of our favorites, Coach Barnum. Thanks so much for taking the time out and being with us here on the radio this afternoon. How are you? Hey, going well, guys. Going. You guys sound like the real deal, man. You know what? Well, we've been we've been practicing and faking it for long enough now. You know, we're starting to try and get there.
3: Well, you know, I, I called early and David plugged me in. there in the back, you know. He told me, you know, I got the beep button, Barney. Be careful, please. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm listening to, to the full. Ryan show, and I'm like, God, what is this? This is like the real deal. We're in New York City. Yeah, I mean, one day maybe we'll get paid for all this. <laughs> well, you
1: should, do, you know. You yeah, should. I, you know, I, I agree. I agree. If you'd write us a letter, I'd appreciate
3: that. <laughs> I, I will. Uh, who should I send it to? Trump. I'm oh, busy. <laughs>
1: He's a little locked down, ain't he? <laughs> well, Bruce, uh, you guys, uh, two and two on the season, and I guess if you looked at the schedule at the start, that's about where, you, where you'd where you be, but what's it like to go, you play an SEC school, who by the way, I mean, you go to Arkansas 2013, an unbelievable performance to me uh, from, your, from your guys week one, you handle your business in week two, you play a really good Boise State team week three, you handle your business again in week four, and now for the first time you play maybe a like Opponent, you know, it is the open big sky play at Idaho State. But what's it like in the non conference for you going up and down and up and down all the time?
3: Well, we talked about that today. I mean, we're we're going to, you know, as far as conferences to the top to the bottom, it's like a roller coaster. But um, we almost snuck one down in Arkansas. Don't get me wrong, though. Our offense, they had a real SEC defense, guys. Uh, they had a linebacker and a couple corners and a D-tackle that uh, we, we didn't do much. Our, our our quarterback, Davis, was running for his life. But our defense, I'll tell you what, they were fun to watch. They've been fun to watch now for four weeks. Um, they're dialing people up. They're striking. They're, uh, you know, last year in the system, they're kind of, well, where do I fit? You know, we weren't fast enough. We had to go year the cheetah in recruiting. Uh, so we got that side faster. I put about six more scholarships extra over there, you know, figured we could manufacture some points this year, but I like how the defense is playing, you know, and offense, you know, coming along. Uh, but, uh, we go to week two, like you said, you know, uh, everybody played Uh, sloppy though. I I got an issue right now with penalties, In the first two-game turnovers, but we got better. The first game, we threw it to him three times, you know, but the next game we fumbled it three times. So, you know, it was kind of a glass half full. You know, good job, guys. You're not throwing picks. (laughs) But then we've had no turnovers the last two weeks, but the penalties, I got to clean up the penalties before we go into mighty bingo land.
0: I got to ask you about that defense, Coach, because I know that you guys were so good on defense your first year as the head coach, and so much of that was Patrick Wasser and his tremendous year, finishing as a Finals for the FCS Defensive Player of the Year, and now he's been a, a standout, quite honestly, in the NFL, uh, but you guys have gone through a, a complete overhaul in terms of scheme, and now, you mentioned last year, they were still kind of trying to f- feel out Coach Sadat's scheme, but when it was good, it was great, and the uh, oh, Fans in Missoula saw full force the way that, that that flex defense can really confuse you. How much different is the defense now that a lot of your guys have another year under their belts? And what is the hardest part to learning that defense when you have it more or at least close to having it mastered? How does it sort of challenge people when challenge opposing offense
3: well culture you have to trust each other number 1 you have to trust the guy next to you and you, you know you can't try to be the guy on the field making especially in this you have to do your job that one, one out of 11 and if you do it all fits together you know, you're able to put pressure on guys uh, through through protections. You know, by by attacking their protections very easily, easier than you know all the backs on this side. Or you know, we'll, we'll attack the back with this fire zone look. It's a different look. It's a different blitz and they see every other week. That's why I brought it back. Back in the day, um, Colter, this is the one when, Pi, when they ran this at Cal Poly, was the one defense I, I struggled scoring on. We finally figured it out, you know, after like year four. And, I, you know, I put Jared Allen on offense, too, that year, and we went down there <laughs> and beat him. But that's why I brought him. I said, you know what, I'm, uh, this has been gone for a while. We brought it back. The guys are trusting each other. They're playing fast, you know, and, you know, we're mixing the zone man look better than we did last year.
1: Bruce Barnum joining us, the head coach of the Portland State Vikings. They uh, play at Idaho State to open Big Sky Conference play Saturday. And Coach, last year, uh, your team had struggled kind of earlier in the year, and you came into Missoula and got a a, a huge win, 22-20 on a last-second field goal, and then went on on to win a a couple other games, had a a three-game winning streak there in the middle of the season. But for for folks in Missoula, what was that win like for you for your program, and is there any carryover from last year into this year? coming out of that
3: well here's here's some behind the scenes stories the biggest carryover is dot's pretzels <laughs> Swear i to can't God. wait for you
0: to tell a story you told me this in spokane i can't yeah. wait for you to tell a story
3: yep yeah, and i've got house i've got bobby's box sitting right here in front of me i'm trying to decide when to send it what happened was we got sponsored by dot's pretzels they send me about ten thousand pretzels a month. <laughs> you know, I'm feeding them to the homeless. I'm feeding them to every team here. And but what I did, because I didn't know if they're going to do it again, it's it's a July through December deal. So I sent Dot and her husband. I got a picture. I should have sent. I showed it to Bobby. I got a picture of my kicker at Montana. I'm looking at it right now because we put big games pictures for recruiting up in my office. And Nut. My kicker, is, it's from the end zone, looking out through the goalpost, and the ball is Dots, a Dots pretzels bag. <laughs> I showed it to Hauk Al- to the, you know, get together and have a hamburger thing in July when we were, you know, shooting the bull a- a- after one of the meetings. <laughs> and he started laughing. I said, you know what, I'm going to send the Mighty Grizz a box of Dots pretzels. Because when I sent her that picture as a thank you, uh, they called me up and said, you know, Barney, you you brought Dots to the West. Thank you for the picture, and we'd like to sign you for another year. So I figured, oh, how can the Mighty Grizz, you know, a couple cases of Dots pretzels.
1: Well, I'm sure they'll appreciate that very much. I think that's, uh, you know, the least that you could do, I mean, after all,
3: right? But- yeah, it was a big win for us. Nobody, nobody wins in that place. I, I've been an assistant coach, a head coach. I'd never won there till that game. We've been close. You know, and then the fans take us out of it. We were in the red zone one year when I was at Idaho State, I think, six times, and I think we scored three points because the fans are on top of you. And they made – you're talking about a 12th man. They crushed us that year. So I learned from that year. I learned from when we were up and we got beat. I learned when McCaffrey went down, when Breski was a D coordinator, was smiling Joe. I, I learned from each piece and, you know, throughout that week going in, you know, besides cranking up that Cotton Eye Joe song and telling stories about one of my coaches punching Monty in the thing and stealing the flag <laughs> and in the tunnel and the whole shooting match. I tried to prepare him for it. So what what I saw was when we got to the end of it, when we got to the second half, you know, most people, you know, you saw the guy from uh, – or Sac State, that year, spraying himself with Pam on the side of <laughs> the. Oh, yeah. yeah. All this stuff they make up. I just said, you know what? Just hang in there. We lucked out at the end. We threw a couple plays. And, you know, Bobby, uh, the Mighty Hauk, How- uh, if I talked to my kicker after the game, you know, because they're all celebrating, they think they won the Super Bowl. And, and I said, well, you know, what happened? Talk to me. That was a hell of a kick, son. He said, Coach, you know, he's a little fresh, not-nosed freshman. And he said, Coach, I said, I'm so glad their head coach called a timeout. I said, what are you talking about when he iced you? He said, yeah, I was so I, I was so nervous, Coach, but when he called a timeout, I, I, I calmed down. And so I thank Hulk for that this summer, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bruce Barnum joined us, head coach, Portland State University. And, uh, Coach, let's talk about the Big Sky this year. Like you said, you're still re- learning what it is you're going to learn about your team. You had no like opponents yet, two FBSs and, and two playdown games. but. Have you started to look? Uh, take a look at the league? I know you guys got Idaho State this week, so you're obviously preparing for the Bengals. But do you have any gauge on maybe what some of the key storylines or some of the key narratives are coming into the league this year?
3: Well, it's interesting. Obviously, you know, Jay still has a hell of a defense. I'll just run through it. Tell, tell me a... Uh... Tell, let's do it this way. You tell me each team, and I'll give you my rundown.
0: Okay, okay. this this is yes, fun. Like okay, this, so yeah. we'll we'll start with the three defending conference champions. So we'll start with Jay Hill and Weaver State Wildcats. Number one
3: still has a hell of a defense. Obviously, not sure. You know, he's got to score. That's you, all you get. Next, UC Davis, Dan Hawkins, Hawk. You know, you, you never know about Hawk. I I think Hawk. Those, I need those stories to run out because Hawk tells a story better than Disney. You know? <laughs> He's like Walt Disney meets, uh, who's the guy who created the light, Einstein. And he gets these kids all jacked up. You know, and they come in, they win games. Now he's at the top of the world. And once you've been there, it's it, it, it's fun and easier to stay there. So I need his stories to dry up because he's got a pretty pretty good team. He's playing good football. He's making he's back where he, everybody thought he'd be.
0: Eastern Washington, the uh, national runner-up a year ago, but. Three straight losses now, I guess three out of four losses here, and two straight losses coming into conference play. What do you think of the Eagles?
3: Well, I'll tell you what, Yeah, first off, it's my alma mater, so I can't, you know, I was cheering the hardest when they won the first national championship. But I can't say that because, you know, I'm in other big sky schools. But um, I watched the game, you know, the mighty DVR. Taping games on your TV is gold. And so I taped the thing on Root Sports. And, you know, I, I was waiting to hear Greg Rack. Greg Rack never said a word, I don't think. But he it was his new announcing job. And I watched that game twice. And they're, I think they're in a little bit of shock right now. You know, losing Idaho, I, I think they they thought that was going to go down there, and they might be reading the press clippings a little bit.
1: Well, how about Idaho then? After their you know surprise victory there,
3: what a great win for them in that program! You know, I, uh, we we all know each other. I texted and I an assistant that was with me on that staff. What a great win for them! You know, they came out wildfire and got up, and and the mighty barrier couldn't couldn't get them back. So. um I think that game talked to the parody in our conference. You know, you better watch out. Anybody can win, anybody can lose on college football Saturday.
1: How about the team that may be the surprise uh, team to me of the non-conference? I think they played really well, Sacramento State.
3: I was going to bring that one up when we first came up. You know, Troy's chucking and ducking, and obviously it's working. I mean, first, and he's got a defense. He put a goose egg on uh, Northern Col- Northern Colorado, right?
0: Yep, fifty nothing.
3: And fifty goose. I, I mean, uh, is, that opened a lot of eyes. Yeah,
0: no doubt. Uh, how about uh, you guys? Don't play Chot and the Bobcats this year. You do play how in the Grizz. What are you, what's your gauge on the Montana schools?
3: Well, uh, both of them. You know, uh, I love the Montana schools. You know, they're the challenge to my program. You know, I'm, I'm feeding them Dodge pretzels, and they can probably have one of those smoothie bars in their place. <laughs> you know, Total brag about it. How cool, because he's too damn tough. <laughs> you know, with will say, we got smoothies. Come on, recruits. But love both of them. They're doing a hell of a job, you know. Uh, check their schedule and, and what they've been doing. Probably Following Montana more just because we play them. Right. And I know I've got to send these damn pretzels to Houks. So, uh, doing well, right where they should be.
0: And then Idaho State, a place you coached at for a long time. I know. One of the eye-opening victories of your first season that year, you guys went to the playoffs. I remember driving down to Pocatello to see it, and uh, you guys, you guys put them, put it on them there at Holt Arena. But Idaho State, a team that has a lot of dynamic playmakers. First of all, what's the experience like for you when you go uh, back to Pocatello, and and what are just your general thoughts on on ISU? My
3: uh, cult, memories, culture. You know, my kids were born there. There's, there's people be at the game that help raise my my boys. You know, because we're never home, and our neighbors, Mike and Carla, just, just everybody in that. That town you know they're, they're good people the arena hasn't changed you know since it was put up I'm telling my guys that um, they have a better defense this year I think they're they still have two receivers who could probably play for anybody. Um, I think they're searching for a quarterback to get them the ball consistently like Tanner did last year, but I think their defense is going to hold up for them. They're big up front and they're fast out in, in the back you know so they improved on defense and I mean they're playing well. they gave northern Iowa a run. I didn't watch the other side of the ball. I didn't watch Northern Iowa's defense, but uh, their defense got after northern Iowa.
1: Colter, something people may not know about us, but we work at a company.
0: Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms.
1: I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have to do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here.
0: We even have office telephones, the only voicemail you have that's not full.
1: That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all, and Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com
0: voice. To learn more, one more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice.
1: Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, and it can take care of you. Bruce Barnum joining us, the head coach of the Portland State Vikings football team. Coach, I want to ask you, what's unique? Uh, see, let's put it like this. There's a lot of things that are unique about being a football coach at Portland State. I mean, the, the oh basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, you're, first of all, you're one of two big sky schools that's in a you know major metropolis you know city uh, at least by montana standards certainly portland and then obviously sacramento as well so that on one hand seems like it could be an advantage but then you're in a, you're kind of an urban campus there's not always a lot of space so uh, what what to you is is sort of you know stands out about being uh the, the head coach there specifically
3: uh that question is ongoing uh ryan seriously uh it's something every day i come into work and you don't we don't bitch we fix you know uh we had an outstanding recruiting class starting on the you know glass half full side maybe but we we made it or half empty we made it half full because we don't have a stadium i mean I'm, i'm traveling right now i'm a nomad Right. I think our kids like playing on the road better than they do at home. I'm trying to change that. But, you know, we had a recruiting class, and I never showed them the stadium. Uh, <laughs> we sold the city. We sold our people. I showed them my weight room 2,700 times in, you know, 48 <laughs> hours. I fed them. And it only came up once. Seth Vernon, watch my punter. Uh, my punter's got a leg like Eddie Johnson did back in the day when the Vikings picked him up, and he kicked in the CFL forever. I mean, he just got a booming leg, and he's a junior college guy. He came in, he played receiver in junior college. He punted one game, but we saw him, and we're like you know what? That's he's the real deal. His parents, he'd committed. And we have a John Gotti meeting, right, at the end of recruiting, uh, of the weekend. So we're meeting, and we sit down, and, you know, I got Sammy the Bull next to me, and the door's shut, and they look at me, and they said, Coach, uh, we love it. We love everything. We love your staff. Just Seth is coming here. I said, but can I ask you one question? I said, of course, Mr. Vernon. What's on your mind? He says, where do you play? <laughs> <laughs> I said, on that. <laughs> on that topic. <laughs> here, have a voodoo donut. <laughs> uh, I
0: love it, gosh. It's, it's great having you, but we've got a couple more questions for you that will get you out of here. Of course. Who's the most dangerous player in the Big Sky Conference? Who keeps you up at night?
3: Oh, gosh. Uh, that's a week-to-week thing, you know. Um, uh, dangerous player, Montana's got people that can tackle you. They got a quarterback who can tear you up. You know, uh, Weaver's got the defense and a returner. we don't play him, but that you read about, uh, Choate's got that quarterback who Hercules, I think his name is, <laughs> um, Eastern Washington's got Barry. He, he plays faster Even watching that game, I watched it twice. That kid, he runs. He he, he looks like everybody else is standing in mud, so he's dangerous. You know, and you add some receivers to him. uh, They're all dangerous. Everybody's got something. I've got, you know, some guys. i got a couple cats. We all do.
0: No doubt. I want to ask you specifically about Troy Anderson at Montana State. You don't have to give us the details because I know the coaches, a lot of that stuff's behind closed doors, but when you guys get on the conference call, and Choate's got this kid who's a running back and a linebacker who he played at quarterback all year. The kid's not the best quarterback in the league, but he's definitely one of the best offensive players in the league. What were you thinking about when you're talking about, I mean, this kid was voted unanimous first team all conference. Just what do you think as a coach of his ability to just play literally all over the field?
3: Well, let's first remember that the mighty Choate, uh, respect him, you know, like my mother, he could sell you oceanfront in Arizona. <laughs> so he gets on the horn, and, you know, that kid whooped everybody's ass, So we're all sitting there listening, and, you know, he had better quarterbacks, period. But, you know, Jeff starts up with he had a good argument, on why we should create another category and give this kid some love, and everybody agreed on it. You know, I mean, what are those awards for? They're they're, they're to award the kids uh, who made an impact in the conference. He was definitely one, so we made up. I don't even know what he got. He got Player of the Millennial or something. And, <laughs> you know, and Jeff's like, hey, "Is everybody in? Let's vote. I'm in." You know, I uh, I forwarded it. You know, you got to love the guy, but <laughs> I don't think Hauk does. I want to go to. Yeah, I got one more for you. One more for you. We got listen, all the time in the world. Have at it. Listen to this one. Here's what I'm thinking. Nobody knows this except Cooper. Cooper's a senior, my kid. He's my youngest kid. Get this one. He gets a let He's invited. I got to call Hauk on this, but I'm telling you, you're hearing it first. Cooper's invited to a game at Washington Grizz because they're recruiting him, right? He's a safety receiver, yada, yada. He's a tough kid, long. We I looked at our schedule. Two weeks after we play the Grizz, we have a bye week, and they play Weber at home. So I said to Cooper the other day, I said, you know what? You want to go on a recruiting visit? And he's like, well, yeah. I said, I'll tell you what. I'll call Hal because I don't know if he wants me there. But I might. Coach Barnum and Coop might be. There's a chance on a recruiting visit to the, the mighty Montana Grizz on Weber Weekend. How about that? I
1: mean, that's, that's that'd be right a one there. in a
3: million. Wouldn't that be? I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have to bring extra pretzels, but I don't <laughs> think Hal could give a damn.
1: Well. Coach, we we certainly appreciate you being here as always. An absolute blast to talk to you. And hey, at least you don't have to worry about Cooper Cup. You got to have some solace, right? Because he's doing the same thing in the NFL that he did in the big sky. He's not causing just you problems. He's causing everybody problems, right? That,
3: that guy made play. I'll never forget the third and 20s he got them out of. You know? <laughs> right. And we're smart. We put four guys on him, and he still comes down with the ball. I'm like, why don't they throw it to one of the open guys? You know? <laughs> He would jump up and catch that ball, land on his back, and juggle it with his feet. And I'm like, who in the hell? Yeah. But, yeah, I'm happy for that young I man. I had a chance to you know, spend some time with him down there in 15 when he got an award, and I got that award. And He's a hell of a guy.
1: Well, Coach, we appreciate the time. Uh, we we are so happy to lead our uh, Big Sky Conference Coach's Carousel uh, with you, uh, as always. And so we, we appreciate you spending so much time with us, and best of luck down there in Pokey this weekend, all right?
3: All right, guys. Keep up the good work. Seriously, I'm, I'm going to have to tape you guys. Well, you know, know they,
1: they podcast it now, Bruce. You don't even have to use a tape and, like, a, a, you know, the wires and uh, the, the plug-in Brian, thing. Brian, I don't go know write. what the hell a podcast is. <laughs> that makes
3: two of us. I'm actually. watching film right I'm watching film. Well, we'll see if we uh, can get yeah. you some film of the show. Okay. Good. All right. Yeah, I want to see cultures. He's still got the beard and all that. Yeah, oh, yeah, he lost
1: it for a minute. He had a little shaving accident, but he grew that back right quick.
3: Uh, he's probably trimming it himself and he sneezed or something. Something like that. Cut, <laughs> a, like cut that. a tunnel in it.
0: Marty, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're the man. We'll talk to you soon.
3: All right, guys. Bye. Bruce
1: Barnum, boys and girls, the one and only. I mean, why
0: would you ever have a guy that does not play in the Grizz with the Cats till November on the show to lead the show? That's why. That's why. That's why. Uh, uh, hilarious. Love Barty. Love talking Big Sky football. It's, it's been just the timing of life. Timing in life is so essential, right? And I It was just a complete coincidence. The, the Grizz opened up their season against North Dakota State in week zero in 2015. Mm-hmm. We had just launched Skyline Sports. The Cats were playing uh, on the other side of the country. I think they were playing at FBS. I can't remember who they were playing. And so week two, we had an open week. And I was like, well, we just launched this website, and we were covering the Big Sky Conference, and we don't have a game to go to. I'm living in Bozeman, and Pocatello is three and a half hours from Bozeman. So I said to my brother, let's saddle up. Let's go watch Portland State, Idaho State. Why wouldn't we? Conference game. First week of the year, and Idaho State, that was when Mike Kramer was still the coach, and they had they were just coming off of an eight-win season, so there was they were like top 20 in the country. Paul State, in the meantime, football program's in a state of disarray. Nigel Burton had just gotten fired completely unceremoniously, and... They have this interim coach who they don't remove the interim tag from for the first nine months of his tenure and say, hey, let's see what you got. But if you don't got anything, this might go bye-bye. Well, Portland State pounds Idaho State, and then they go out and they beat Washington State, and then they go out and they beat North Texas. Then all of a sudden... They we they beat five ranked FCS teams and it was just it was a, it was a serendipitous moment to be there and get to be the only guy interviewing Bruce yeah, Barham. Right, he's right. just been so great to us ever since then because yeah. we were the ones that were kind of in on the ground floor. So it was uh, it, it's a fascinating program to watch the arc of, and he's obviously just a hilarious guy to talk to.
1: Stu wannas nine ESPN Radio. Uh, appreciate Coach Barham. We got a bunch more. We'll have Coach Hawkins on uh, tomorrow, right, Colt? We're gonna have uh, Dan Hawkins. Uh, on. Well,
0: but, uh, we will uh, we'll be playing Dan Hawkins one of the next two days, days. Wednesday or Thursday. We're okay. interviewing Coach Hawk tomorrow. You know, this is this is a this is a this is symbolic of what happens when you play Montana for the first time as a head coach at your alma mater. Mm-hmm. Their, their SID told me that he's got to do seven consecutive interviews tomorrow, from his coach's show on through everybody else from Montana and around the country that want to talk to him.
1: Wow. Well. Yeah. Glad we're on the list. That's good. Uh, but we'll bring you uh, two of the more unique coaches uh, in the uh, you know in in the entire Big Sky. Going to be on as the first two, so it's a, a great time of year and a lot of fun to talk with them. Take a quick break. We did a look around the Big Sky yesterday, looking at what happened in the last week of the non-conference. We will now look forward around the Big Sky Conference to what's about to take place in week one of conference play.
0: And just a little tease as far as the rest of this Big Sky Conference preview goes. We got it on the schedule now. We'll be joined by uh, Tim Walsh from Cal Poly tomorrow. Great. We'll be joined by Jay Hill from Weber State as well as Dan Hawkins on Thursday. Okay.
1: Jay Hill and Dan Hawkins. Oh, man. It just I'm How do I have it? We shouldn't get paid for this, actually, you know?
0: I mean, people always ask, you know, when are you going to go cover the SEC or whatever? Why would you ever want to when you have these guys? Like, Dan Hawkins tells a story better than Disney. What a line. Uh, uh, Do I want to talk to Nick Saban? No. (laughs) No, I don't. You know, guess the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula hotel that truly offers something for everybody.
1: No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport. Easy for when your friends come to visit you. And, you know, of course, my favorite— water slides.
0: That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not.
1: ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, boys and girls. Happy to be with you. Here's some sports news. Week four of the prep high school football season is in the books, and two Missoula teams remain perfect. The 3-0 Sentinel Spartans had a matchup of the weekend at the Class AA level in Helena against undefeated capital. The Spartans, though, were up to the task, scoring the first four touchdowns of the game to lead at halftime 28-0. The Bruins scored a pair in the second half, but Sentinel held on 28-14 to move to 4-0 and on the season. Wins by Billing West and Butte also uh, allowed them to join Sentinel as the only 4-0 teams at Class AA.
0: Missoula Hellgate scored a defensive touchdown and forced a safety in its homecoming game against Flathead. Raleigh Wooster also scored three touchdowns to lift the Knights to a 29-18 victory after a week one by the Knights, 3-0 for the first time since 1987.
1: In a powerhouse matchup at the Class A level, Dillon scored 13 points in the fourth quarter to beat the number one team in the state coming into it, 26-25, over Hamilton. Montana Gatorade Player of the Year from last season, Carson Rostad, threw two touchdowns and ran for two more, but it was not enough to lift the Bronx past the Beavers. Hamilton will now face another huge matchup with un- an undefeated Frenchtown Friday. Frenchtown was a 49-13 winner over Stevensville. And at the Class B level, Loyola lost to Manhattan 26-14. The Rams are now 2-2. Two two. They lost this to the second-ranked team in the state, Manhattan, and the number one-ranked team in the state, Fairfield. time to look around the Big Sky Conference. Why? Because it's Big Sky Conference play beginning on Saturday. It is to tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio, broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway, Missoula Highway 83, and see online at kurtzpolaris.com. If you missed anything in the show, you can listen on the podcast. And if you want to listen live and you're not around your radio, you can go to the stream, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. The stream is there. You can stream anytime. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, You can also check us out now on Instagram. 102.9 ESPN is the handle, uh, the same as the Twitter. Uh, So you can uh, check that out there. We've got a bunch of stuff coming for you, some pictures, some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, some uh, sayings of the day. Schedules for what's going on on ESPN Radio. So a bunch of cool information. Hopefully, some fun things to uh, to check out there on Instagram. Coulter, let's take a look around the Big Sky Conference. Uh, Obviously, Montana at uh, UC Davis and. Montana State hosting Northern Arizona, but there's a whole bunch of other games, including Idaho coming off their first win. This is a game that, 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 that was not a game of particular interest or intrigue, and all of a sudden, other than who you know who would get off the Schneid with zero wins, but now Idaho gets the big win. They go to Northern Colorado. They're a nine and a half point favorite against the uh, only team that has not won a game yet in the Big Sky Conference.
0: Yeah, the uh, the Idaho result was certainly shocking. I think that several different factors went into it. I thought that Idaho had a great game plan. I thought that they contained Eric Berrier better than most people can even dream of. And that helped them get out to a fast start, but also they forced some turnovers, which really put them behind the eight ball. But, you know, to me, when there's a four-game non-conference schedule, I thought that there was going to be so much more revelatory things in terms of what we learned about the teams. But I, by and large, feel about the same, about the five contenders that we that we pinned in the preseason Mm -hmm. and I by and large feel the same about the teams that we don't think are going to be very good. And the teams that are the mysteries to me remain the exact same too. The three dark—I—I I, I thought that there was maybe two dark horses. I think there's three dark horses in the league. That's the, maybe the one surprise. I do think Bruce Barnum's team could be a, a dark horse. I think Portland sure. State, Portland State, and they're the teams we know the absolute least about because it's not only that they played up, but they played SEC school in Arkansas and Boise State, Boise State, a, State. Ranked a, ranked, a ranked, a ranked FBS school. Those are really tough. I know Arkansas sucks this year, it's, but. Those are still, I mean, to go to Fayetteville, Arkansas, is, that's a tough trip, period. Play an SEC country. You're playing a completely different caliber of athlete. But then they also, it's not as if they just played down. They played Simon Fraser, which is the only American rules Canadian football team in the world. A team that's only had football for... It's, it's f- not the only one in the world. It's the only one in Canada. The only one in Canada, right. The only Canadian... There's lots of them in the world. Well, sure. uh, well, I guess I can't misspoke. Yeah! <laughs> But what I said is true, if you actually think about it, what I said is true. They're the only Canadian-American playing football team. Okay. Which, in the world. Which makes them, in Canada, but it makes them in the world as well. Okay. Regardless, Simon Fraser is not good. It's not It's not a, they, right. are, they are the worst team in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. They are the worst Division Two team on the West Coast you can schedule. Yes. And they also played Eastern Oregon, who's not even an NCAA-affiliated school. They're an NAIA school. So we know nothing about Portland State. Case Cook is going to give you a chance to win. Always Northern Arizona could be in the mix. and Sacramento State. Sacramento State,
1: yep. Uh, Portland State is at Idaho State. We talked about this game with Bruce, so we don't need to spend a ton of time on this, but I do think that Idaho State, uh, as as, uh, Coach Barnum alluded to, their defense is better. And Rob Fennessy, you know, in year two was, was you know, year one was, a, you got to say, a huge success in the main for Idaho State, all things considered, and he wants to continue to build on that. Obviously, they lose half of the Guller brothers, which is a major loss uh, for, for the Bengals. But nonetheless, uh, they've been playing fairly well in conference play, and, uh, and they get an open at home as well. But I think this is, you know, if you're either of these two teams, and you look at your conference schedule what you got this is a must win game for both teams i mean if you're talking about wanting to you know have something to say in the big sky conference you got to win this game over that opponent in both of these cases for idaho state and portland state if you you know want to to have some success in the conference season it seems like
0: absolutely and we have such a huge conference where everybody doesn't play everybody it's those sorts of games that are going to be the determining factor how many Big Sky teams was North Dakota knockoff. We have been talking all about North Dakota. North Dakota is a huge mystery to me. We talked all about, a lot about it on the Big Sky Breakdown last week because North Dakota enters the league. They have an atypical style. Then they hit this peak where they win the league. They go undefeated. And then the next year, they're decimated by injuries. And then the following year, all those key players who got hurt then graduated. And now they're basically starting all over and they've really uh, shifted their mindset into trying to acclimate towards the Missouri Valley rather than being the the anomaly of the Big Sky Conference now they're trying to be keep up with the Joneses aka the guy, the, the the neighbor right over the back portion in North Dakota state but how many games does North Dakota win how does that influence the league race right. is Idaho the team that had a hard time with Central Washington and got ripped by 72 points at Penn State, or do the Vandals sneak up and win three, four, five league games? That could have a huge influence on the race. Cal Poly is a, a singular event every week because Cal Poly went 1-10 last year, but they've also been right in the mix and or a playoff team for half the years that they've been in the Big Sky Conference, and we'll hear from Tim Walsh, head coach at Cal Poly, tomorrow. But when you're playing the triple option, I mean the the disadvantage you are at if you have played if you played Sac State, Northern Arizona, or Eastern Washington the week before you play Cal Poly, you are at a huge disadvantage because you just played an, a spread air raid team and now you're playing the triple option. The week by week adjustment to that, and say a couple of your linebackers get banged up when you're playing Eastern, and now you gotta go play Cal Poly. It could be the difference. It could be. It could be the difference between a win and a loss. So I do think that, although I think the contenders in the Big Sky Conference have not really changed, and I would love to hear your thoughts if anybody else has entered into the mix for you. But it's everybody that's not the contenders that determine, right, the conference race. Where do you stub your toe? I mean, that like Barnum said, it's a coach cliche, but. It's so true in the league. If you don't show up, you are getting whipped. And it doesn't matter if you're playing Idaho. Right. You're getting whipped. If you don't show up, Eastern Washington did not show up. They got whipped. North Dakota...
1: Remember now they're still playing a full big sky conference schedule. Even though it's not a conference game for them, it is a conference game for their opponent. And in this case, it's at Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington licking their wounds right now, and as Bruce Barnum said, maybe reading their own clippings a little bit over there. Uh, this is a huge, huge game. All of a sudden for Eastern Washington against a team that we haven't talked a lot about, but think, you know they're North Dakota. Always going to be you know seems like pretty good. They're going to have some guys that can play. It's a big game for uh, for the for the Eagles.
0: It's absolutely is because, don't look now, but Easter Washington's backs are against the wall. They got three losses already. Yep. One of them's the FBS. Okay, and it is a twelve game season, so you have a little bit more wiggle room. You, you still have eight games to get to that eight win mark, which is probably going to be the mark in the league this year. But you got to get back on track. I mean, you, the. The mental aspect of football, if stuff starts spiraling out of control, I mean, the worst thing that could ever happen to you in football is if you lose your confidence or you give up on the season. And I think that we saw that with Idaho last year. Like, when Idaho got just decimated by UC Davis and then they go and play their in-state rival in Idaho State and they just get flat back to give up 62, Mm -hmm. you're kind of just thinking, well, what does any of this mean? Why do I even care? Yeah. That's not the case at Eastern because they've had so much success over the last 20 years. But if you ever lose that confidence, if you're just I mean, their their whole rallying cry. Oh, everybody has a rallying cry now, right? Everybody's using Twitter and social media to have a rallying cry. But their whole rallying cry is to rise the standard. So their standard has already been, already been set. Final four in the playoffs. That's the standard at Eastern Washington. They made it to the final four five times in the last 10 years in the FCS playoffs. Played for the National Championship game a year ago. But if that if you if you stub your toe again and now you're on the first three game losing streak that you've had in a decade, mm-hmm. it's hard to get back on track
1: mentally. No doubt. And I think outside of Montana, Montana State, maybe the game of the weekend of the Big Sky is not even a Big Sky game. The one team that is not opening Big Sky Conference play this weekend in the conference is Weber State, who is playing uh, against Northern Iowa. It's a game uh, in Utah, uh, in Ogden. So Weber State hosting Northern Iowa. This will be, are you ready for this? Northern Iowa's third game against the Big Sky team this season. So uh, yet another Big Sky, Missouri Valley uh, you know, a challenge game, and this will be the last one of the year. So, from the Big Sky Conference perspective, just conference wide, this is a big game for for Weber to win to kind of get that last W on there. When you talk about comparing the conferences and all that, but a uh, two good teams in Northern Iowa uh, already with two wins against the Big Sky. Of course, it was was southern Utah and northern Colorado, right? Southern
0: so, Utah, and Idaho State.
1: Oh, Idaho State! Excuse yeah, 13-6 me, 13-6 oh, last yeah. week. Idaho yeah, that's State. right. Idaho
0: State's defense looked a lot better than maybe I actually expected. Looked really good, uh, but nonetheless. But Northern that was a t- talented team. I mean, we know the the sort of the unexpected rise of Iowa State a year ago. Yeah, Iowa State was. It turned out to be really a really good team, really competitive team, and in the opener this year took three overtimes for Iowa State to dispatch of Northern yep. Iowa. 29-26 was what the final score was there in Ames. And then 34-14 over Southern Utah for Northern Iowa and 13-6 over Idaho State. So they're playing good defense and uh, <laughs> we could have another single-digit throwdown just because Jay Hill is totally down to have oh, yeah. a single-digit throwdown as they already did with San Diego State at Weaver State. So we'll see how it goes between Northern Iowa and Weaver State. But that's going to be a bloodbath. That's going to be as absolutely physical uh, that's going to be a tough Hard-nosed game.
1: I would love to see, love to see Jay Hill win a game 5-4. to (laughs) It would require three safeties, and it would be
0: wonderful. You know? Show me that football game. It really is going to be classic if they, I mean, they almost did it. They almost beat San Diego State without scoring an offensive touchdown. Yeah. They almost won 7 to 6. If it wasn't for a holding call, they would have won straight based on special teams of defense. It's a uh, in this day and age, this day and age of college football, it's impressive that Jay Hill has the steadfastness and the fortitude to dig his heels in and say, "Hey, bring it. We 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 don't care if we're not one of the explosive fancy shiny offenses in college football we're just just trying to win
1: games it's two telling they want us 1029 espn radio we'll take a quick break we'll come back we will uh finish off the show we'll talk a little bit about what's going on at the national level come back and tell you about a couple other things we got going on right after this colter something people may not know about us but we work at a company
0: Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms.
1: I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very
0: integrated unit here. We even have office telephones, the only voicemail you have that's not full.
1: That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all, and Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands, and Blackfoot has their own Hosted voice solution, or VoIP, it's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com
0: voice. To learn more. One more time, it's visit goblackfoot.com backslash voice.
1: Blackfoot takes care of us, Coulter, they can take care of you. Ryan tootail and Coulter Nuanez on 102.9 ESPN Radio. Jones can't be a six overall pick. You know, it's so funny just what one week does. It's tell It's one of two nine. ESPN Radio. We're broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83, and Sealy online at kurtzpolaris.com. You can find us on the 2 tell and Nuwana's podcast as well. We are on your favorite podcasting platforms. Go check that out. Uh, the podcast available next to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Uh, Want to remind everybody, really excited about this. We are starting tomorrow the fcs speculators podcast we're going to go around the big sky conference and uh, around even more broadly than that the top 25 but in at the fcs level and take a little look at the lines the over-unders some of the nevada style numbers that accompany football and uh, and just go through that and talk about the games in terms of uh, you know expectations upsets all that kind of stuff it's going to be a really fun podcast uh, we're going to uh, record this tomorrow it'll either be out tomorrow or thursday but uh, looking forward to bringing you that series so you can look for that uh, as well on uh, on the pods um coulter uh Here's what happened. Daniel Jones started. The Giants won their first game. They beat a bad Tampa team, but they did win the game. Daniel Jones looked very good. He threw for two touchdowns. He ran for two more touchdowns. As your brother sent over, he was the fastest quarterback in the NFL who was not either uh, Jamo- Lamar Jackson or Kyrie uh, Kyler Murray, Murray, excuse me. So he, nobody saw that coming, right out of Daniel Jones, uh, just some tall, lanky dude from Duke. Uh, But here's also what happened: is you know, Lebetsdard spent a good long time today making all the talking heads who chastised the Giants for making this pick and how dumb this pick was. Eat their words. Max Kellerman would apologize to Dave Gettleman on First Take today. And this and the other look, I. My Daniel Jones perspective has not changed considerably. I thought that this kid had, you know, a lot of talent, but that I didn't know very much about him. But I would have think that if you're going to take him number six overall, that you like him very much. But also, the issue that I heard just about everybody say and scream about at the draft was not the fact that the Giants took Daniel Jones. It's that they took him at six. Right. when he may very well have been there. Now, if you were worried that he wasn't going to be there and this is the guy that you want to have, then then you do it. I understand that. It doesn't still mean that it was a great and wonderful pick and let's let him have you know one more day in the NFL before we start writing him into the Hall of Fame, for crying out loud. And by the way, I like Daniel Jones. I think that Daniel Jones uh, could be very good. The, you know, I, I I watched a little bit of the game, didn't see the whole thing. I'm looking forward to watching him play. It seems obvious enough that he's an upgrade over Eli Manning. And sorry, Eli, but he's he got to go, man. It's, it's, it's time. But uh, nonetheless, to think that all of a sudden now Dave Gettleman is some genius, you know, is also a little bit too much of the pendulum swing for me. If, especially if you could add somebody else at six and then gotten da- Daniel Jones on day two.
0: I probably sound like a broken record on this, but to me, one of the th- common factors in breakout performances is the element of surprise. And that's why I always say, I actually honestly expect you to be better, as ironic as this sounds, the first six or eight games of your career, especially if you're a... A trigger man a, really if, you, if you're yeah. a quarterback Or a skill guy When people don't know How to prepare for you yet You actually have a chance To be better Then when people Understand your tendencies And they start taking it away I mean like What's Daniel Jones Look like this next week What does he look like In a month When there's a month Of film on him What does he look like When he's not playing the Bucks? There's still a lot to be proven, but it was a spectacular breakout performance, and certainly vindicating for everybody involved. Eli Manning is a, a kind of a goofy guy, and I think that that influences people's opinion of him. But make no mistake: first of all, Eli Manning is the most durable quarterback in the history of the NFL. He started something who's like, not Brett Favre. Who's not Brett Favre? Yes, those two guys. They are the they're gold the standard. They're the gold standard. Yep. And Eli Manning is also a really classy guy. I mean, I thought listening to him talk after the game, the way he, just the body language and the way he was truly, seemed happy for Daniel Jones afterwards, it's not easy to do. And I think Eli Manning deserves a lot of credit for that. But (laughs) I also think the Giants are probably freaking out after they won that game when Saquon Barkley is hopping on one foot with his crutches trying to get off the field. They're probably like, dude, we'll find you a golf cart. Just lay down, stop moving. But it was an impressive performance and and definitely a... uh, proving you wrong for all the people that hated on Daniel Jones. Well, it was uh we'll see. By the way, it uh, it doesn't get it any
1: harder for 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 the Giants this week as they play Washington. So, an, I guess mm. a nice two game stretch to open up with bucks skins.
0: Sometimes it's just important to remember the details cuz if you just get some confidence on your belt cuz you play those two teams in a row, it could be the foundation you need for your entire this career. This is way easier than the ACC. <laughs> <laughs> right i mean clemson's d-line is probably as good as tampa bay's last year yeah uh
1: well we always overstate that kind of thing but maybe <laughs> it's hard, hard not to all right uh want to remind you all we're on the Instagram now you go check us out 1029 espn we're there twitter the same at 1029 espn The podcasts are available wherever you get your podcasts, okay? We're uh, bouncing all over the place. We are migrating uh, a little bit on the back end of that thing, uh, but we'll uh, make sure that we get it all worked out and get it out to you uh, properly we will have the roundtable this week uh uh tomorrow it'll be on the show tom wistersil the commissioner of the big sky conference joining us on the espn roundtable talking all things uh big sky conference football and about tom himself uh fun to uh, catch up with him and uh, he's always an enjoyable guy to talk to we certainly appreciate that and then uh colter cat Chris volleyball tonight
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting opening a big sky conference play for both uh, for sports across the big sky, Mm -hmm. and uh, it'll be a a fun match down at Dahlberg Arena. The Grizz really struggling this year. The Cats are actually pretty darn good, so interesting one. But we'll have reports for you tomorrow. All right, very
1: good, boys and girls. Have a wonderful evening. Enjoy the uh, game. Cat Grizz coming up on SWX Television. Riley Corcoran calling those volleyball games. We will be back here tomorrow. See you then, ESPN
0: Radio.